God can do anything. <laughs> you know, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to believe it. Thank you, Lord. He's here, isn't he? He's here. And in his presence is fullness of joy. That means everything that needs to happen so that you can be full of joy. No longer bothered by something or hindered by something. And your joy can be not partial, but full. The presence of God. You know, the Bible said uh, uh, during Jesus' ministry that he was in the house and it was full of uh, people. And the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord was there to heal. Glory to God. And at that moment, there was no healing going on. And sadly, a lot of people that were there left without their healing. Because it's not just that the power's there, but somebody from the outside had faith and tore through the roof. You remember the story? And when Jesus saw their faith, and they received. Thank you, Lord. So thank God for the power of God to heal, but that alone will not bring results. There must be faith to receive it. Faith mixed with it. Thank you, Lord. The Bible said, talked about the the Hebrews of the good message, the gospel preached to them, did not profit them. The Hebrews says, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Oh, but those that will mix faith with it. Thank you, Lord. It's kind of like uh, chemicals, you know. You know certain chemicals, you ought not mix together. Are you going to have an explosion? Right? And they are, by, by themselves, they are inert. There's nothing going on. But if you mix one with the other, it's a catalyst that releases the power that's there. And then all this energy or all this heat, or an explosion can happen. Well, I want you to know the power of God's here. But the power of God can be in a place to save and nobody gets saved. Unless somebody will come and believe and receive Jesus, right? And the power to heal can be present, but nobody be healed unless somebody will mix some faith with it. Oh, boy. And if you'll mix some faith with it, kapow. (laughs) Plenty enough. To blow the devil right out of the situation. Huh? Blow the disease out. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, hold your hand up high. The ushers have Bibles. And they'll let you use one of ours. Hold your hand up. And let's all go to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Now, don't change gears and get intellectual on me. Let's stay in faith. Let's stay aware of the healing power. Let's stay aware of the presence of the Almighty. Thank you, Lord. I said, don't change gears. Hmm? <laughs> don't, don't become heady, intellectual. Don't just get out of uh, spirit-aware mode and go into note-taking mode. Taking notes won't get anybody healed. Hmm? You can take truckloads of notes and nobody get healed. <laughs> no. Faith. Somebody say faith. faith. Faith mixed with the power brings results. God's faithful to bring the power. If we'll bring the faith, something will happen. Can you say amen? 
In Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 16th verse. Hebrews 4.16. It says, let us therefore come begging. Huh? Let us therefore come pleading to the throne. Huh? Well, that's about the same, right? What? Huh? Let us come crying and pleading and begging to the throne of grace. Well, about the same, right? Huh? Are you sure? Let us come boldly. Is there any difference between boldly and begging? I'd say there is. It's like 180. Hmm? If, if he said come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace, get grace to help us in the time of need, why do millions still come begging? Hmm? Far more Christians on this planet tonight are begging than boldly. I don't know what the ratio is, but I assure you, it's way more than 50-50 that's begging versus boldly. And this is a big problem because the Lord didn't tell us to come begging. He didn't tell us without begging, it's impossible to please him. He didn't tell us begging was the victory that overcomes the world. Hmm? He didn't tell us through begging and patience we'd inherit the promises. (laughs) Now I know you find it humorous, but I'm telling you, this is what most of the church is doing. Most Christians on the planet are beggars when it comes to approaching God. The great majority, I don't know the percentage, but I assure you, the vast majority of people that believe in God and born again people are beggars when it comes to God. When they start praying, they immediately go into begging mode. That's how their their parents prayed. That's how their pastor prays. Are you listening? That's how he was trained. In begging school, I mean seminary. (laughs) Why? Because tradition and men's tradition will teach you to be a beggar. The Bible will teach you to be a believer. And believers are not beggars. I said believers are not beggars. When you're begging, there's no confidence. If you're begging, there's no boldness. If you're begging, there's no no confidence that I have a relationship, that I have a right to be here. 
that I have a right to receive anything. If you had any sense, uh, a, a sense of relationship, or you had any revelation of any rights that belong to you, you wouldn't be begging. You'd come in knowing that you'll be received, knowing that your father already wants you to have it, already bought it and paid for it, already ready to minister it to you. You wouldn't come in begging. You'd come in believing and receiving. Beggars are not receivers. But religion trains men and women to beg. Look at it again. What did it say? Let us therefore come what? I want you to look at it real close. Make sure it don't say begging. Huh? Help me. Make sure. I got a lot of witnesses, a lot of sets of eyes in here. Is there anything about that verse that would cause you to deduce that pleading and begging would be about the same as what he's saying? Let us therefore come boldly. Now, he didn't say arrogantly. He didn't say disrespectfully. Rudely. That's not the same as bold. Bold means confident. Confident. Boldly unto the throne of grace. Why? That you may obtain. Beggars are not sure if they get anything. Most likely don't expect to. Just hoping by some way you might get something if I beg long enough and hard enough. Please, please, please. Now, I know we have sanctified begging (laughs) as it relates to prayer. And people that would otherwise never bow their knee and grovel and beg any, oh no, oh no. And yet, they come to church, boom, they become beggars. They fold their hands and go into begging mode, please, please, oh please, 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 I know we're so unworthy and I know and I know and I know, but please, please, if just as anyway, please, 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 and are even taught from the pulpit, if you'll, if you'll beg earnestly, And sincerely and persistently, I mean beg when it's raining and beg when the sun is shining. Beg in the morning and the afternoon and just beg, beg, beg. That's how you move mountains. That's how God does things in the earth. It causes God to move. Now you do know millions believe this. Maybe not in exactly the words I just used, but millions believe that. But we need to read the Bible, don't we? And believe this. And if this contradicts something that millions believe, then we need to unhook from the millions and believe this. Tell me how you and I are to come before God to get what we need. How, How we ought to come. Boldly. <laughs> you got to know something to come boldly. You got to know somebody there wants you to come in. 
You got to know you got a right to be there. You got to know somebody's inclined to help you receive what you need. You got to know there's a relationship. There's some rights. There's some confidence. And if you know that, you don't come crawling and groveling and begging. You walk in upright. Eyes open. And a smile on your face. Going, it's me again. <laughs> and I come to get something else. <laughs> and I know you already got it for me. Somebody say boldly, 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 boldly. Matthew 6. Let's go there. Matthew 6 and 7. Matthew 6. Seven, Jesus said, red letters, preempt everything else. Jesus said, when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. The heathen are taught their prayers and they pray exactly the same prayer Word for word, over and over again. And sometimes have different things to help them uh, through the monotony. (laughs) Physical instruments. Some of us say, well, you ought not speak uh, negatively about that. Jesus spoke negatively about that. Now, are you a Christian? Then you need to stay with him. Well, I want I want to respect other religions. Jesus didn't (laughs) respect other religions at all. He said adamantly that he was the only way to the Father, and that nobody could get to the Father except through him. Now, if you're a Christian, you need to believe what the Christ says. Now, if you believe in something else, then uh, I don't know what you are, but you're not a Christian. Because Christians, Jesus is Lord over us. That means what he says is it. Final authority. Hmm? Not open to debate. Not subject to revision nor amendment. Stands as he said it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but it won't change. He said, don't pray like that. Didn't he? Don't use vain repetition. Listen to the Amplified. Verse 7. Jesus said, when you pray, do not heap up phrases... Multiply words, repeating the same ones over and over as the Gentiles do, for they think, and of course they are wrong. They think wrong. But they think they will be heard because of what? Because of the quantity of praying. And, and that wrong thinking and believing is still tenaciously holding on throughout Good Christian churches all over the place. People do have the, they, they have the idea. If we could get enough people praying, 
What, what do you mean? Enough people. What are we talking about quantity of prayer? If we could get enough people praying, what, where's the quantity mark? Are we talking about a hundred hours? A thousand hours? And the truth is, you could have a million people praying eight hours a day. And if they're praying like this, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and you could take one man or woman. Pray a 15 second prayer in faith. Boldly. And get a miracle. Now I'm not knocking prayer of agreement. I'm not knocking corporate prayer. It's wonderful if a million people would get together and pray about something. But only if you pray in faith. You get a bunch of people praying in faith, that's another thing. But one of the ways you can tell people are not praying in faith is when they pray the same thing over and over and over and over. And I'll add this with it. And usually it's with a begging tone. Most all of us have done some of this at some point in our life. But let's let the Lord teach us. Let's let the Word correct us and instruct us. Can you say amen? amen? Go with me, if you would, over to John, the fourth chapter. John chapter 4, and while you're going there, uh, put up on the screen for us, please, 1 Samuel 2.8. You're going to John 4. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. You're going to John 4. First Samuel 2.8 says, He, talking about God, He raises up the poor out of the dust. And what does He do with beggars? What does He do with beggars? He lifts up the beggar from the dung hill. Dung, we'd, we'd, today we'd say the dump. The dump, garbage pile, and worse. To set them among princes. Well, princes are not beggars. And to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he set the world upon them. What's the will of God for beggars? Reach down and get a hold of you. Groveling and begging. Huh? And reveal himself to you. Let him know what he's done for you. Let him know how much he loves you. And lift you up out of that nasty place. Lift you up out of that low base begging place. And set you with princes. Princes don't need to beg. He is the king of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's called us to rule and reign with Him, not beg with Him. (laughs) Did you find John 4? 
John 4, about 46. You're believing with me, right? Tell me what it is tonight, what night it is tonight. It's miracle night. And it's healing night. It's power of God night. It's faith night. It's boldness night. John 4. 46. Jesus came again into Cain of Galilee where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him. Look at the Amplified on verse 47. He heard Jesus had come back from Judea into Galilee. He went away to meet him and began to do what? Beg him. He began to beg him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. Now, we understand why people beg. People have gotten desperate. Their emotions are high. It looks like disaster. It looks like total loss, death, failure. And fear will try to get in. And I'm not making fun of anybody in this situation. I'm just pointing out that the word says that's not how you get results. There are people all over the planet have begged and begged for years and not gotten results. And they say, well, I just don't understand why God won't hear and answer my prayers. And, and, and I feel for people that have never seen what we're talking about tonight. Because unless you quit begging and start believing, it is impossible to, to please God. You, you can't come to him. You can't approach to him. You can't get your needs met. Begging. And this man comes begging him. And I, I want us to look at a couple of these, but you'll see this over and over and over again in Jesus' ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. People came to him begging. But you'll see that he moved them from begging to believing. And if you come in here tonight and you've been begging, we're not knocking you. Don't misunderstand. I'm not making fun. I, I begged in times past. Oh, brother. Whew. I was a, a champion beggar <laughs> at one point in my life. <laughs> Phyllis is nodding her head over there. I wanted to be filled with the Spirit. I wanted to speak in tongues. And I didn't know how to receive. I knew it was right. I, seen, I had seen some other people. I was born again. But I hadn't been filled. I hadn't had this experience. And all I needed to do was beg. Oh, I begged. I begged and I begged. We'd have revival meetings at our church. A lot of times the service would be over 9, 9.30 or something. They'd give an altar call if people want to come seek the baptism. That's all we needed to do was seek. And so I'd come. Sometimes i start seeking at 9, 10 o'clock. I'd still be seeking 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning. What do you do for 1, 2, 3, 4 hours? I don't know how to pray in the Spirit, so I'm not praying in the Spirit. I don't really know any words, so I'm not quoting scriptures. Since I don't know any word, don't have faith, so I'm not praying faith. So what am I praying? Please, Jesus. Please. And all I need is listen to other people, how they did it, you know. 
Oh, God, oh, God, give me the Holy Ghost. Please give me the Holy Ghost. Oh, God, please. See, if I'm making fun, I'm making fun of myself because I'm quoting me right now. I'm not making fun. Please give me, please. Well, of course, I just keep repeating the same thing over. I don't know what else to say. Please, God. Please. Oh, I want, please give me the Holy Ghost. Please give me the Holy Ghost. Please. What else do I say now? Please. <laughs> With more feeling. <laughs> please. <laughs> and, and, and I was, I was sincere. I was very sincere. But I did that, brother and sister, for years. Wow. Not every night, thank God. <laughs> but on occasion, and when we're having meetings, I'd go back and seek some more. That's how Phyllis got filled. <laughs> she didn't grow up in that kind of church. And she sat back in the back and, and watched me seek and beg. Night after night, and she got tired of it. I don't blame her. <laughs> but I didn't know any better. If I did, I didn't realize it. So finally, one night, she's sitting back there in the back waiting on me. And she thought, God, whatever it is, she starts praying. She says, God, whatever it is, would you please give it to her? <laughs> so we can quit doing this and go home. <laughs> Was is actually a good prayer. Hmm? <laughs> and then she thought, well, maybe it's me. I didn't grow up around this. This is foreign to me. Maybe I need to go to the altar. Maybe I'm holding him back some way. So she comes up to the altar, falls out under the power. <laughs> and was that the night you got baptized? So they said, oh, you need to be baptized in water. And we thought, okay. And we went to a pond at midnight. <laughs> Pitch dark. <laughs> She's baptized in a muddy pond at midnight. And when she comes up out of the water, she's speaking in tongues. And I was still Terry. <laughs> and pleading. Thank God for her, she had not been indoctrinated in how to tarry. And how to beg. They, the, the pastors told her in the car going over there, just believe that, that what, what they said, just believe you'll be filled. Soon as you come up out of it, just believe that you'll be filled. So she thought, okay. She didn't know anything about this. I'll just believe I received. She believed she received. Started talking in tongues under the water, she said. We started coming back up. Man, she was full of the glory of God for what, three or four days? Didn't eat, didn't sleep, didn't need to. Full of God. And I. <laughs> was still begging. Please give me the. Give me the Holy Ghost, oh God, please, please. And you try to figure out, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And oh man, if you open that door, the devil will come. <laughs> if you're going, you go, you're going, well, it's probably me, it's probably me. He'll say, no, look, give me that hammer, take my hammer. And he'll give you a sledgehammer. 
Between you and him, you'll beat your brains out. Until you got no confidence, well, I, I, I don't have this, and I'm not this, and, and there's no wonder, and I can't, and I never will, and, and beggars yeah. believing I got no right, why would God ever, you're not going to come boldly thinking like that, no. believing that? Thank God eventually I got a hold of some materials that taught me faith and how to believe I receive. And one day by myself in our little mobile home, I stood up and said, Lord, I thank you. I believe I receive. Thank you for filling me now. I'll speak by faith. And, and I spoke in tongues and I thought, Hallelujah. no, that's too easy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> because, because see, if that's right, I did all this stuff for years for nothing. And there are people who build shrines in their mind to begging prayer. They venerate begging prayer above the word. Well, I believe in prayer. Well, I believe in God. Well, I believe it, 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 prayer is what does it. No, if you prayed and something happened, God did it. All you did was ask. He's the one that did it. Don't give the glory to the prayer. Give the glory to the one who actually did it. The God who heard and answered the prayer. He said uh, he began to beg Jesus that he would come down and heal his son. And Jesus said, what did Jesus say to him? Verse 48. Except you see something. You're not going to believe. So is this man in faith when he's begging? What does Jesus immediately begin to do? He begins to help him get out of begging mode and into believing mode. Come on, can you see this? He said, well, your problem is you're not going to believe anything the way you are until you see something. See, people that are begging, please, God, please, God, please, God, please. When are they going to believe something happens? When they see it. When they feel it and not before, which is no believing at all. Right. I know with me, there was more than one time the Spirit of God came on us while we were up at the altar seeking, begging God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. I remember one time in particular, I'm, I'm pleading the top of my voice, oh God, fill me with the Holy Ghost, please, please. And I was very sincere. And I mean the presence of God came on us. I, he, he was so strong. I'm draped over the altar like a rag doll. I can hardly lift my head. I heard kaploop. I heard kaploop. I heard kaploop. And the men that were up praying with me, I, I turned and looked. They fell out under the power. The Spirit of God's all over us. And I'm going, please give me the Holy Ghost. And he's going, hello. Hey, I'm here. And so for the next hour, I said, please give me the Holy Ghost. Ignorant. But I didn't realize it. Because why? He's there. He's gone as far as he can go with me. I got to receive by faith to go any further. And friends, I want you to know the power of God can come all over you to heal you. But you won't be healed unless you quit begging and you go, I believe I receive. I'll take that. Thank you. And with some boldness in the hand of faith, believe you receive some. Just like you believed you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Come on. You know how to do that. You've done that. We'll do the same thing with the healing. 
Believe you receive a healing. And it'll work. You don't have to wait till later on in the service. Right now, where you sit, anywhere, watching by the internet, you can just say, I believe I receive. I believe I, with some boldness, you've got enough faith come up in you already. You just, I believe I receive it. Somebody say, thank you, Master. And, and the verse 49, did the nobleman get it? He said, sir, come down. Ere my child die. Is he still begging? He's still begging. Do we see miracles from people begging? We don't. Now, people believed enough to come and plead, at least they knew where to go. Right? And that's a start. But, but the Lord, every one of these cases, he moved them out of this begging mode into believing mode. After they came to him and started begging... He moved them out of that. Sir, come down. Before my child dies. Verse 50, listen. Here it comes. Here's the transition. Jesus said to him, what you need to do is beg some more. You're not begging hard enough. I don't think you really got your heart in this. I want to see some real begging. I mean wailing begging. Howling. You're not serious about this? No. What's he telling? Go. Your son lives. Hadn't seen anything. Hadn't heard anything. Hadn't felt anything. And the Lord says, leave. Quit begging. Quit asking. Turn around. Go to the house. Your son lives. No fast organ music. Nobody praying in tongues top of their voice around you. Just you standing there and the wind whistling by and a bird singing over in the tree. Now what do you do? See here's where battles are lost or won. Come on can you see this? Because if you won't believe this, you'll go right back into some more begging. Please, please, I, I wanted you to come, though, Jesus. I wanted you to come because I just knew if you'd come and if you'd put your hand on her, you'd pray for her. That's what I wanted. Please, could you do that? Now, the Lord is the Lord who changes not. And if he tells you do this, you're not going to talk him into something else. Because he already, the first thing he told him is you're not going to believe anything unless you see it. He's got to make a change. He's got to quit begging. And the reason he's in the book. Come on now. The reason he's in the book is the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him. And I might interject here. So he quit begging. He quit asking. And he turned around and he went his way. He could not text them back at the house. He could not call them. He could not go online. He began the long walk home. It took him 24 hours to get back. He's walking. And friend, I want you to know he's not just walking down the road. 
He's walking by faith. Because elsewise, you know, he'd be back pulling on Jesus' robe and begging him, please, to come or, or something until he could see. He took that word and he's taking steps of faith. And every time something's telling him, you better go back and get him. You better do this. You was about dead when you left. He pushes it down. He casts it aside. He reminds himself of the word the Lord gave him. She lives. Or he lives. Your son lives. And so, made it all the way back to the house. And here his servants come out to meet him. And what do they tell him? Hmm? Your son lives. He heard that before. And I guarantee you, the devil tried to mess with him the past 24 hours going back to the house. And I know how he overcame it the same way anybody of us overcomes. The way Jesus overcome, it is written. The Lord said. And the way he battled every thought and every fear and every anxious feeling is he said, no, no, the Lord told me, the master told me, he lives. He lives. Go your way. Your son lives. How many know he had to be bold? He had to be confident about this. He couldn't get down and groveling and begging and pleading. That would not have gotten any results. Your son lives. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Then he asked them the hour. He, he said, I want to know the time when he started getting better, began to amend. They said, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And he, saw, he said, that's what I knew. Because that was the same hour that Jesus looked at me and told me, your son lives. Oh, somebody say glory to God. His son was terminal. His son was at death's door. His son was hopeless. And now he's alive. And well. And he believed. And his whole house believed. Somebody say glory to God. Can you see how Jesus moved him out of begging. Over into believing. And enough confidence to turn around. Act on what he told him. Somebody say thank you Lord. Can you take another one of these. Go over to Luke 18. You do know he's the same today as then. You do know he'd say the same kind of things to us personally today as he did to them then. He doesn't change and what he has said doesn't need to change. It was perfect when he said it. It was right. It works. It worked then. It works now. Begging doesn't work. Believing does. In Luke, the 18th chapter, We see another example of this. Luke 18, about verse 35 or so. Came to pass as Jesus was come near unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. And hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by. Now look at verse 35 again. This man's blind. And he's sitting by the way doing what? What's he been doing? What did he do the day before? And the day before? 
He's not just a person that knows how to beg. (laughs) This is his vocation. This is what he does from early till late. So he has become proficient at it. He has learned what kind of tones and what kind of looks solicit the best response. Can you develop in begging? You can be bad at begging or you can be good at begging. You can learn how to make the big sad eyes. You can learn how to to throw in the quivering lip. You can perfect the tone. Hmm? Why do you say that, Brother Keith? Because folks have done this with prayer. They think they are a better prayer because they're a better beggar. He heard the multitude pass by. He asked them what was going on. He can't see. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And obviously he has heard about this Jesus. He has heard about people being healed. And he cried out and he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he said it with the full muster. Of all the begging experience he has had over the past over how many years. And uh, when they which went before rebuked him, because he must have been particularly loud and a painful voice. But he cried so much the more because he knows. How to do this. Now somebody said, well, yeah, but this is what got him his healing. No, it's not. No, it's not. It got Jesus' attention. It's not what got him healed. Any more than the man begging with Jesus to come and heal his boy is what got him healed. That was the beginning of it. But there had to be a transition. There had to be a change. How many understand the nobleman? uh, He made a change. From begging to believing. This man cried so much the more. There's some perseverance here. But being persistent in begging is not enough. And the reason I keep saying it is because millions believe it is. Well, I'm just going to keep praying. Praying, okay. Begging, not, not okay. I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep on. Keep on what? You see people do this for decades and not receive anything. Have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded him to be brought to him. And if begging was all that's required to get a healing, there would be no more discussion. Because this man doesn't just know how to beg. He is highly developed. 
in begging. And if that was all there was to it, then Jesus would have said, bring him to me. That's some of the best begging I ever saw. Healed. You are healed. He'd have been healed. There would have been no need to discuss anything else. But if begging is not enough, something else has to happen with this man. He has to transition out of begging into believing. Now, uh, Mark also records this uh, healing. Go, hold your place. Go to Mark 10. Because Mark adds something that Luke did not. Mark 10 and, and 50. Well, 49. Mark 10, 49. Hold your place in Luke. We're coming back there. Mark's account says, Jesus stood still. He commanded him to be called. And they called the blind men saying to him, be of good comfort. Rise. He calls you. And verse 50. He, the blind man, casting away his garment, got up and came to Jesus. Now they tell us, those that study these things tell us that in those days, your garments helped identify who you were. Particularly people that begged wore a certain kind. That depicted and helped people to notice that they were dependent on handouts. But oh, what a statement. Yes. I said, oh, what an, what an act. Yes. He gets up and he throws away that which identifies him as a beggar. As a blind beggar. <laughs> Woo. Was there a transition? Was there a change? Yes, it's depicted by this act. He gets up. He throws it away. He doesn't crawl to Jesus. He rises up and come. I guess somebody's helping him, but he walks up there. Somebody say, come boldly, come boldly. Say it again, boldly, boldly. Thank you, Lord. And, And... Looking back over to uh, Luke now, we'll finish it up in Luke, Luke 8, verse 40, when he came near, Jesus asked him, verse 41, he says, what will you that I shall do for you? Now, if begging was enough, there's no need to ask questions like this. There's no need to keep doing something else. He could have just said, great begging, be healed. But no, he asked him, what do you want me to do? And the man's blind. He's got the blind garment on that he just threw away. Is Jesus really that uh, imperceptive and didn't, didn't notice? Uh-uh. Why? Got to have faith. Faith is a receiver. What do you want? He said, I want to receive my sight. Verse 42. Jesus said, keep begging and don't quit. Because he that begeth to the end shall be saved. Mm -mm. (laughs) What did Jesus say? The man has gotten up. He threw away his begging identification. He walked up. Standing upright, confidently, if you will. Because the master has called him to come. And he says, what do you want? He said, I want to receive my sight. Jesus said, receive your sight. 
It ain't time to beg. I said, it's not time to beg. It's not time to grovel. It's not time to whine. It's not time to cry. It's not time to fast. It's not time to turn in requests or call hotlines. Come on, help me out. It's not time to ask for counseling. Tell me, what's it time to do? Jesus said, receive your sight, boy. And the next verse, read the next verse. And immediately... What did he do? What did he do? He received his sight and followed him, glorifying God, I guess so. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. Back up two verses. I want us to go over this again. Could it really be this simple? He comes begging. He comes crying. He comes groveling. Jesus said, come here. Bring him to me. He throws away his identification as blind beggar. He comes. Jesus says, what do you want me to do? He said, Lord, I want to receive my sight. Next verse. What did Jesus say? Receive Receive your sight. Your faith has saved you. Verse 43. Man did what? Received his sight. Could it be that simple? Huh? Could it be? What do you want? I want to receive my sight. Well, receive your sight. Okay, I'll receive my sight. Huh? And Jesus didn't say, now this has happened because I'm the Son of God. And I just did it to demonstrate some things. Don't try this at home. <laughs> Back up to the previous verse. What did Jesus say? And this is not the only time he said this. Well, excuse me, uh, verse 42. We were there. Receive your sight. What did Jesus comment after this? Your faith is what has done this. Your fa- I mean, before the guy's eyes ever popped open, <laughs> Jesus told him, well, receive it. Your faith has done it. You ought to say that out loud. Receive it. Your faith has done it. Say it again. Receive it. Your faith has done it. Receive it. Your faith has done it. Well, I just don't know if, if I got enough faith. Yes, this man had not been to Bible school. We know he can't read. Right? We know he can't read. How many verses could he quote? Spent no time at Faith Life Church. (laughs) Hadn't heard any series at all. (laughs) And yet he had faith. You heard Phyllis talking about it. Man, this is long. This is before we we knew anything, before we'd been to Bible school, before we answered the call. Green, are you kidding? And yet, just just like she said, just open the door just a little bit and go, well, God... I'll just believe some of that. Here he comes. He'll say, receive it. Your faith did it. He could have given the credit to his power. He could have taken the credit to himself as the son of God. He did not. And repeatedly he did not. He told people, your faith made you whole. Your faith healed you. Your faith has saved you. Your faith, your faith, your faith. Why? Because that's what happened. And that's the way it needed to be said. Oh, and the good news, if their faith would heal them. 
Your faith will heal you. Now I know people scoff and they make fun of folks like us and they hee-haw and, and carry on about it. But let them scoff. Some of these same people don't even believe in God. How far you want to agree with them? They're wrong. He's real. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's real. He's good. Jesus spent a lot of his time ministering to the sick and the oppressed. Multitudes got healed everywhere he went. Is he not the same yesterday, today, and forever? If that was his will then, isn't that his will now? He was the great physician. He is the great physician. He will always be the great I am the Lord who heals you. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. Go to Mark 9. Let's get ready to release our faith. Thank you, Master. No more beggar, but a believer. No more groveler and whiner and crier, but a receiver. A receiver. Mark 9. Mark 9, verse 14. There came to his disciples a great multitude. And the scribes questioned him. And, and one man, verse 17, came and said, Master, I, I brought to you my son, which has a dumb spirit. Wherever he takes him, he tears him and foams and gnashes with his teeth and pines away. I spake to your disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Let's stop right there. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. This boy is having seizures. He's doing things he's not even aware of. He, he's trying to kill himself. And then they ask him, why'd you do that? And he don't even remember it. Mental issues. And it's spirit issues. Yes. And other highly regarded ministers have prayed for him and ministered to him with no results. Yep. Jesus' own closest team. Did that prove it wasn't God's will? For the boy to be healed and delivered? No, Did it prove it was too hard? No, oh, this is one of those that we just don't know why, but it, it can't be healed. No, no. When, when he told Jesus that, look at verse 19. What did Jesus say? Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer or put up with you? What, what is, listen to Jesus' response. What's the problem here? With the boy? With his daddy? With the disciples? With all the people? Yeah, with the whole bunch. And Jesus is irritated with it. What does faithless mean? No faith. He said, why don't any of you have any faith? It was irritating him. How long am I going to deal with you like this? How long am I going to put up with you having no faith? You know, when the Lord does things for you, He expects you to be quicker to believe next time. Yes. 
When he answers your prayers, he comes through, he pays your bills, he heals your babies, he takes care of things, and then something else comes the next time. You're not supposed to cry and beg like you did the last time. Maybe you were ignorant, you didn't know. This time you know. You've seen what he can do and what he will do. He expects some faith. And rightly so. Faithless generation, the whole bunch. How long will I be with you? How long will I suffer you? Bring him to me. Aren't you glad he didn't say, well, this is not the will of God for some reason. We just don't know. No, bring him to me. People say, well, I went, I went to the best. Well, bring it to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> well, they prayed for me for 40 hours and they did this well. That doesn't mean a thing. It don't prove anything. Bring it to Jesus. I've done this and I've done that. And we counsel with it. Well, maybe they didn't know. Maybe you didn't know. And all of us have been faithless in situations and times. But that doesn't mean it can't be fixed. It doesn't mean it's not the will of God. He said, bring him to me. Say it out loud. Bring him to Jesus. Verse 20. They brought him to him. When he saw him straightway, the spirit tore him. He fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. Verse 21. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came to him? Now, I like the fact that Jesus is not moved by this. This boy's having a seizure right here. He's frothing, he's kicking, he's making weird sounds, he's foaming at the mouth. And Jesus looks casually over his dad and says, how long has it been like this? Other folks would be freaking out. (laughs) Or would have gone into begging mode. Oh, please. I've seen a crowd of 10,000 when something happened and you could tell somebody's having a problem. I've seen the whole crowd instantly go into begging mode. You could hear the moaning throughout the whole auditorium. And people thought, well, man, this is a massive prayer. A massive unbelief. How long is it ago since this came to him? He said, of a child, since he's a little child, he's been like this. Verse 22. Oft times it's cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, please, can you hear it? Even though the word bag is not here, can you hear it? If you can do anything, have compassion, have mercy, help us, help us. I'm, I'm not making fun of anybody. I've said it. Yes, sir. Help me. Help me. Help me. Well, how many times do I need to say that? Huh? How many times for the Lord knows what I'm talking about? Huh? Help me. Oh, please, Lord, you know I need help. Yeah, he knew before you ever opened your mouth. He knows more about it than you're not going to inform him of anything. But why do we believe if we'll beg hard enough, it's going to move God. It's going to change the situation. We have been taught wrong. We've been taught wrong from the pulpit. But you had not been taught wrong from Jesus. He said boldly. He said believe. He said receive. He said your faith will do it. Didn't he? 
If you can do anything, have compassion on us. The easy to read says, if you can do anything, please have pity on us and help us. Please, the message Bible says, if you can do anything, do it. Have a heart and help us. Is he in begging mode? Everybody that has no faith is going to be in begging mode. It is the default mode for humanity without faith. The only way you can get break out of the begging is to get some faith. That's the only way. Elsewise, you will beg. I don't care if you're 20th generation faithful church goers, you'll beg. The the Weiss translation says, as for those words of you of yours, verse twenty three, if you are able, all things are possible to the one that believes. Did Jesus say all you had to do was plead like that? Here we go. No, it's not done. We've seen this. This is the third one now. And I'm just giving you three out of 20-something in the four gospel accounts that we have record of. You see the same thing over again. What's got to happen with this man? He's got to move him out of begging into believing. Doesn't he? And he pleads and he says, oh, please, if you can do anything. Yeah, he's been like this since a little boy. It's awful. It's awful. And your heart goes out to him. We're not making fun. What we, we are doing is identifying what doesn't work. And we've got to quit it. Please, if, if you can do something. Why would he say that? Because he just took him to his disciples and they rebuked and bound and prayed and spoke. And nothing happened. So if you can, if you can do something more than what they did, would you please have a heart? Please. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? If you can believe. Now this is what the religious world does not like. They don't like this. They like what I call no fault religion. No matter what happens or doesn't happen, it's not our fault. It's not up to us. It's all up to God. But that's not what the New Testament teaches. That is not what Jesus said. Jesus said, what do you mean, if I can? In other words, it's not a question of if I can. If you'll believe, all things are possible to them that believe. Who said it? Who said it? Jesus, the head of the church. And in this same... uh, uh, Weiss translation in the next verse. The man cried out. He said, I am believing. Be helping my weakness of faith. When, when he heard that, come on, picture yourself. He's whining. He's crying. He's pleading. Please have a heart. Please. Jesus looked at him and said, what do you mean if I can? If you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Come on, picture yourself. You're, you're looking right into the eyes of Jesus. He's speaking these words right to you. They hit him like a truck. He said, I believe. Then he thought, can I do this? <laughs> Help my unbelief. And here's some of the best news you ever heard, friend. Because have you read the rest of this? Have you read the rest of this? 
His boy got delivered, got healed with him in this condition of saying, I believe. Could you help me with my unbelief? What are we talking about? Faith in your heart. Just a decision to believe in your heart will work and get results even with thoughts of feelings of doubt running around in your mind. Come on. Isn't that some good news? Again, this man hadn't been to Bible school. This man hadn't sat in the church that taught faith. This man hadn't heard any of these things. Most people in that day couldn't read. But he can believe what Jesus told him. And so can you. And so can I. And so can we tonight. Believe him. Can you say amen? You're there in Mark 9. Go over to Mark 11. We just recently read this, didn't we? Huh? Anybody reading your chapter around here? Getting anything out of it? It's rich, rich, rich. The Word of God is so rich. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mark 11, 22. Jesus answered and said to them, what? What did he say? Beg. Huh? Did he ever tell anybody to beg? Why is everybody begging so hard? What scriptures are they basing it on? What did he say? Have faith in God. There's a lot of things you can have faith in. You can have faith in America. You can have faith in your particular political party of choice. You can have faith in your family. You can have faith in your boss. You can have faith in your product. You can have faith in in medicine. You can have faith in, in different things. And I'm not saying all of that's necessarily bad. But how many think you ought to have faith in God? And if you got faith in God, then when some of these other things are not enough to take care of it, you won't just collapse and go into begging mode and despair mode because you know somebody that can do something about it. Even if it's called incurable, even if it's called impossible, even if it's said to be too far gone, too late, too long, too bad, these scriptures rise up in you. Nothing is impossible. Jesus said, have faith in God. Somebody say, I have faith in God. Verse 23, he tells us how to release it. He said, if you'll say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things that he says to come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. That's a whole lot of you. Isn't it? See, people try to put all the emphasis on God. But but the Lord said, no, you. Whatever you desire. Anybody in here, anybody watching my internet, desire healing? Huh? Desire deliverance from a disease or a problem or a habit or an addiction? Desire healing? Desire restoration? 
How many believe the same God who made you could fix a body part? Could replace a body part? Nothing's too hard for it. Do you desire it? Well, whatever you desire, when you pray, beg. Uh Uh-uh. No. Cry. Plead. With all your heart, plead. Plead. No, no, no. What did Jesus say? Believe what? Don't just believe in God. Not just believe God can. Not just believe God is able. Very specific. Believe what? Believe that you receive. That word literally means take. T-A-K-E. Believe you take them. Then what will happen? And you shall have them. (laughs) Kenneth Hagin didn't write that. Nor Ken, Kenneth Copeland, nor any other Kenneth, or, or Brother Oral Roberts, or hmm? long before any of these came along, Jesus, the Master, said it. Do you believe it, my friends? If you desire healing, what do you do? When you pray, believe that you receive it. And you will have it. Can you see you got to quit begging? You got to quit groveling. You got to quit whining. You got to quit telling the Lord a hundred times how bad it is and what you need. That's, none of that's faith. What do you got to do? Believe. You receive it. Believe you receive it. Brother Hagin. Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, he tells the story of how several doctors had pronounced him terminal and told him nobody in his condition had ever lived past 16 years of age. And sure enough, uh, when he approached that age, he became totally bedfast, and he had an incurable heart disease and, and a deformed chest. He was born premature, and none, things hadn't developed like they should, and, and a blood disease, and and no hope, no hope. And, and, he, and he had read and prayed and, and sometimes prayed all night long and like we're talking about, pled and pled. Lord, I've never lived. I'm just a boy. I want to live. Who wants to die at 16, you know? And thank God, read Mark 11, 24, and got the revelation. He saw it. He, he said, Lord, I believe, I believe. And finally, he said, the Lord spoke to his heart and said, you believe as much as you know. But see, it wasn't getting him off the bed. He believed God could heal. And that's great, but it's not enough. Are y'all with me, friends? It's not enough. And that's what he'd been, been proclaiming that God, which is, which is more than some folks. At least he believed in God. And he believed God could do it. But he's still month after month. He's bedfast. But he saw it. And he said it out loud. I see it. I see it. I see it. I've got to believe. I've received my healing. While I'm still laying here bedfast. I've got to believe. I've received my healing. While I'm still laying here paralyzed. So he did. He prayed it out loud and he said, I believe I received my healing. Amen. And I just want to thank you for it right now. 
Oh, can you see a transition? No more begging. No more begging. Boldness to receive. So he's laying there in the bed, paralyzed, thanking the Lord. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Thank you. He said this came to him. He didn't know then, but he realized later it was the Holy Spirit. Came to him and said, now you believe you're well. He said, I sure do. Laying there paralyzed. I believe I'm well. Is that what he said, Mark 11, 24? Believe you receive them before you have it. Believe you receive it and then you shall have them. Now you believe you're well. He said, I sure do. And I just want to thank you for healing me. He said the, the, the thought came to him, well, well, people are to be up. This time of the day. I forget what time it was. Late in the morning. Well, well, people ought to be up this time of the day. He thought, yeah. Well, people ought to be up. And so he, he, he grabbed a hold of the bedpost. And he drug himself to the side of the bed. And he slid his uh, legs. He said they, they, they fell on the floor like chunks of firewood. No feeling. Dead. And uh, faith without works is dead, isn't it? And he, he held on with all his might. He's been bed fast for months. He's weak. He's, he's frail. And, and, he, and he slid off of the bed. And then he said he slid down so far he got no strength in his leg. His knees are almost touching the floor. And he's hanging there by what little strength he's got. And he said, Lord, I just want to thank you for healing me. He said the power of God hit him in the top of the head. He said it was like, it felt like warm honey just piled up on his head and begin to run over the side of his head and over the face and over his chest. And when it got to his legs, he said they begin to sting like thousands of pins were sticking. He said it hurt, but it hurt so good. Because he had no feeling. And he said as they begin to sting, he began to be able to stand up. And within just a few seconds, he's turned loose of the bedpost. He's got both hands up in the air. And he's praising God. Hallelujah. For healing him. Glory to God. Said he walked. He got dressed. And he walked out. To, to sit down at the table with the family to have breakfast. He hadn't been able to do this. And he said his grandpa looked up and laid his fork down and said, Is Lazarus raised from the dead? <laughs> Nobody expected. He said, Yeah, grandpa, Lazarus is raised from the dead. And sat down and had breakfast with him. And preach this gospel. Hallelujah. Preach this faith. For the next 60 some years. Glory to God. How many know what he did for him? He will do what he did for blind Bartimaeus. What he did for the nobleman's son. What he did for the man that had the boy with the seizures. He's no respecter of persons. He has never changed. He'd tell you and I the same thing today standing here tonight. He'd say, your faith will make you whole. Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, let's just lift our hands and thank Him. Tell Him you believe in Him tonight. Lord, we believe you're here. We believe you're real. We believe you still are able to respond to faith just like you did then. 
We believe you'd do it for anybody, anybody, anywhere that'll believe you. Oh, thank you, Lord. 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 Let's sing only believe, only believe all things are possible. 